What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Hawks on the Hardwood, part of the MTMV Sports Podcast Network. This is Jay Jock. So today I'm going to recap this week's games. Um, there were some good and some bad, some very bad things, but also some really unpromising things that happened this week concerning the um, Atlanta Hawks and the way that we played. So negatives and positives. But I'm also going to address um, some of that drama that's been going on in Golden State and if and how, now bear with me when I talk about this, how it might somehow possibly, not just possibly, affect the Atlanta Hawks. So you don't want to miss this, so listen up and we're going to get into it. All right, y'all. So first of all, let's just talk about this week's games. So we played Sunday against the LA Lakers and we lost by only one point, 106 to 107. It was a hard fought game. It was a pretty good game. Trey Young got 20 points and 12 assists, 58% from the field and 60% from three. A great game by Trey Young. He really took over in the fourth and he really showed us what he is capable, capable of again and it was looking really good for our rookie during this game. Tareen Prince also played great, getting us 23 points and 7 rebounds. Bazemore also played amazing, 21 points. Now, he did have a costly turnover at the um, closing minutes of the game because of an ill-advised technical foul, but you really can't discount the fact that he did not play well. I mean, he had 5 steals. So great defense by Bazemore, which has been the Achilles heel of the Atlanta Hawks um, for many games. Bazemore is playing good defense, though. Um, both Taurine and Bazemore, they were very efficient. Taurine Prince hit 69% from the field and 63% from three. Baze was 58% from the field and 50% from three. So it was a really good game. Although we lost, we really showed ourselves to be a good, tough, competitive team with lots of future potential and upside. So it looked really good. Once again, the third quarter was what really hurt the Atlanta Hawks. Something that really needs to be fixed because coming out of halftime, we're always really lackadaisical, it seems like. I just hope this isn't something that will continue and continue and continue. Hopefully that can be addressed and actually fixed. Next, we play the Golden State Warriors, and I think many people thought that this was going to be a blowout, but it wasn't. We only lost by seven points. Now, Steph Curry, of course, was not playing because he's injured. And Draymond Green was suspended. So I'm sure that's one of the reasons why we actually kept it pretty close. But you can't discount the fact that Taurim Prince played extremely well, hitting 22 points, 57% from both three and two point range. Bazemore chipped in 18%. Alex Lynn got his 17 points and seven rebounds. Very good game for all those people. Trey Young, unfortunately, had a really rough game he was only um two for 12 from the field so he had four points and was oh from five from three point range he did get others involved with nine assists though so there's something there when he wasn't his shots weren't falling at least he was getting people involved he's a rookie and i think his shots will be more consistent as the season progresses and definitely into next season so next Let's talk about the humiliating loss to the Denver Nuggets that happened on Thursday night. So it's true we were down um, a couple of key players. Tareen was out. Um, Dwayne Dedman was out. Of course, John Collins is still absent. Hopefully he will make his um, debut today against the Pacers. But 
I mean, we lost the game by 45 points. And 45 points, that's pretty bad. That's the third largest margin of points in a loss in the history of the Atlanta Hawks since they came to Atlanta 50 years ago. Um, In 1982-83 season, Atlanta actually lost by more, 47 points. It was Dominique's rookie year, but when we lost that game, we lost to the NBA champions, the um, Philadelphia 76ers. That was led by Dr. J.M. Moses Malone, so we lost against a championship caliber team. Well, a champion team, a championship winning team, the Philadelphia 76ers. We also lost by 46 points in 2003 to the Western Conference champs. LA Lakers, led by Shaq and Kobe, also featuring Karl Malone and Gary Payton that year, who were not, you know, in their prime, but still very good contributors. So, losing by over 45 points to those great teams is bad enough. By losing um, 45 points to the Denver Nuggets, who have just lost four straight, is a little bit more humiliating in my opinion. Not saying the Nuggets is a bad team because they are actually a good team and better than their record suggests, but they're not the um, they're not going to be a conference champ or an NBA champ this year. So losing 45 points to them, it was pretty bad. Bad game. This is just a bad game. That's how you could really say. Trey was off um, again. Um, he shot 18% from the field for six points and was. Zero for four from three-point range. He got us five assists, so he got us a moderate amount of assists. He didn't do as well when he was struggling against the Warriors, where he got us nine assists. It was really Trey Young's worst night so far. I mean, but he's a rookie. He'll get it together. I still am very confident in that. But it was just a bad game for Trey Young. Jeremy Lin played pretty well. He scored 16 points, 40% from the field, and a nice 40% from three-point range. So he was our best player, I think, probably in that um, loss. Post-game, Coach Pierce, he really expressed his disappointment in Atlanta's effort. Or really their lack of effort. I mean, we started the game off trailing um, by 13 points. It was 13-0 to zero at the beginning of the first quarter. And that's just bad. Atlanta actually shot less than 35% from the field. And that's just horrible. Also had 19 turnovers. Hopefully, I really hope that John Collins can come back, not only because he's on my fantasy basketball team and I need him to come back, but because the Atlanta Hawks, we really need him. So I'm sure that he's not going to have a lot of minutes if he comes back and it'll slowly build up, but we need him to be on the court. So that's all I have to say about this week's recap. I have a little bit more to say about the situation going on in the NBA in um, Oakland. So, listen up. All right, so on to a little bit of an unpopular opinion, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people is going to disagree, but I still want to talk about this. So, y'all know about this whole Kevin Durant and Draymond Green drama that has been going on this week. Basically, Draymond Green was suspended, and this is why he did not play in the game against Atlanta. Because the game prior to that, he would not pass the ball to Kevin Durant um, during the final play of um, regulation. They argued about it. It escalated into the locker room. And apparently Draymond Green called Kevin Durant some really nasty names. And also brought up his free agency situation. I'm sure you heard of it. It's been on ESPN and SportsCenter and whatnot over and over and over again this week. Well, 
this is my take. And I know it's a long shot. It's a very long shot. But listen up. Just hear me out, okay? I think that if John Collins comes back and we start to play much better with him in the lineup, I think if John Collins starts showing that he is a potential all-star caliber, and also if Trey Young is able to continue showing his promise as a potential all-star, all-NBA type player, and if we secure another high lottery pick or two in the draft... I think that it's possible. Now, just possible that Kevin Durant might consider us in free agency. Now, he just might consider us. So, hear me out. Okay. So, I know a lot of people feel like Kevin Durant. He only left Oklahoma City and joined the Golden State Warriors simply because he wanted to jump on the back of Golden State's success. That's not true. It's been very documented that Kevin Durant, he went to Golden State, not that might have something to do with it, but he went to Golden State because he had um, trouble with the way the the Oklahoma City Thunder organization was ran in regards to culture. It was a very uptight, strict, like suit and tie culture, the way the organization was ran. Okay, he also... He liked the playing style of Golden State better, but not just the playing style, but the culture. So remember that. So Golden State's culture is the complete opposite of Oklahoma City. It's very laid back, close-knit camaraderie, but very laid back. It's just, that's the only word I can use. It's laid back. It's a very distinct culture ran um, in the Golden State organization. It's very, very different than a lot of other teams and the exact opposite of Oklahoma City. Now, the thing is, is if you remember last week, I talked about a um, an article written by Chris Kirshner of TheAthletic.com and he was talking about the locker room of Atlanta now. He said that Travis Schlenk came on board and he started to implement a lot of the things like team dinners and just a lot of different aspects it seems into the Atlanta Hawks organization so in my opinion I read it like Atlanta the organization now is being ran much like Golden State is ran so the culture of Atlanta the ball club is very similar to Golden State. And that was something that attracted Kevin Durant to Golden State. Now, he's having trouble at Golden State now in regards to um, the camaraderie and the locker room. He won't have that issue in Atlanta because, I mean, Draymond Green's not in Atlanta. But he can still have the opposite of Oklahoma City when it comes to culture in Atlanta if he comes to Atlanta. So there's one selling point that Travis Schlenk can use. Travis Schlenk can just be like, hey, KD, I know that you loved Golden State because of the laid-back culture. It's the exact opposite of OKC. Well, come to Atlanta because, you know, I'm running Atlanta now and I've implemented that philosophy into this ball club. I think that's possible. Another thing that I think might possibly have um, KD look towards Atlanta in the free agent market is no one 
can possibly ever say KD is just chasing rings or that KD is a coward and a snake and that he only jumps on winning teams so that he can ride on other players' success. Because you know this is Kevin Durant's main criticism towards his legacy. And you know that Kevin Durant hates it. He tries to act like it doesn't bother him that people call him snake and cupcake. But you know it does. Because Kevin Durant, I mean, the burner accounts, just the things that he has said, it bothers him. So what Kevin Durant needs to do is he need to do he needs to do much like what LeBron James did when LeBron left um, Cleveland for Miami. He was getting a lot of the same criticisms. He was getting criticisms, but then LeBron he healed his legacy by doing the exact opposite, going back to Cleveland and winning a championship for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because that was his main his main um, criticism that he could not take a struggling team to the um, to the finals and win a championship. If Kevin Durant does the same thing and goes to the opposite of the Golden State Warriors in regards to winning percentage, and is able to bring them to a successful um, record or man even a championship, then all of that criticism would just go away it would completely be healed nobody can ever say that he is a snake and think about it think about it can you imagine what would happen to kd's haters if he came to the atlanta hawks and he's at the helm trey young blossomed into like an all nba point guard john collins became an all-star player and we got another high lottery pick securing either like Zion or um, RJ Barrett, Nazir Little or someone else in that caliber. And that person also became an all-star caliber player. With KD at the helm, we would be very competitive into in three or four years into winning like a championship. And if we are competitive and we win a championship and KD was there at the beginning... Not when they were successful, but when they were not successful. But if he's able to look ahead and see what we are building and trust Travis Schlenk, just like he trusted Travis Schlenk prior when he signed in the Golden State, then all of KD's criticisms would be just totally, totally dissipated. They'd be gone. He would have no more criticisms. Nobody can call him Snake or Cupcake or a traitor or a coward. He'd actually be a hero. I think KD wants that. And I think it's possible, hopefully, that Travis Schlenk can show him the vision of what he's building. And say, hey, I did it in Golden State. I'm doing it here in Atlanta. This time, don't come on board when we've already built it. Because people were mad at you for coming on board when it was already finished. Come on board at the beginning. And then you will be the hero that led this team to success and not the guy that jumped on the back of the success that was already there. I think KD might actually listen to that. Number three, KD has a great relationship with Trey Young. I mean, Trey Young mentioned that he he's known KD for a long time. He, KD's kind of mentored him, it seems like, in many ways. Um, Trey Young is from Oklahoma. That is where KD's from also when he played for Oklahoma City. So they were they were very close. And Trey Young went to his camps. There's multiple pictures. Um, Trey Young's dad, Rayford um, Young, actually posted a picture on his Twitter where it's showing Trey Young throughout the years 
um, being with Kevin Durant. So there's a relationship there that might also be a selling point with KD. Since he knows Trey Young, his personality, he knows Trey Young is not like Russell Westbrook. Trey Young is also nobody on our team currently is like a Draymond Green. We're a very close knit, high character group that focuses on ball movement and defense. Something that Russell Westbrook was criticized for and why KD, part of the reason why KD left OKC was because the lack of ball movement. The exact opposite. This is the exact type of point guard that KD likes to play for. So I think it's possible that Travis Schlenk possibly, just possibly, might be able to convince Kevin Durant to come to Atlanta. If all of these things falls into place, if he's able to sell him on the fact that we can possibly down the road, two to three years from now, be a contending team if he is at the helm. The numbers the numbers will actually work. I mean, this free agent season, Atlanta actually has the fourth lowest number in salaries to pay. Um, Carmelo and Lynn are going to be off the books. Hopefully we do sign Jeremy Lynn back. But even then, we will still have money to sign a max contract player. According to Luke Adams of Hoops Rumors, the salary cap is predicted to be about $109 million. That will make KD's max around $38 million. And we have $48 million in salary. So that means if we pay KD the max, we would have $23 million to spare. So like I said, the numbers work out. We can sign KD to the max contract. If all of this works out, I think we might have like maybe, I don't know, maybe like a 20% chance of signing KD. Now, I know that's not like a huge amount that's not a very high probability but really that's the highest probability of Atlanta having a chance to sign a superstar since 1996 when Shaq almost came and I don't know if y'all know the story but Shaq actually almost came to um, Atlanta um, in 96 when he um, was thinking about signing to LA he was also considering Atlanta um uh, Joel Corey of CBSSports.com was part of the negotiations and he wrote about it if you want to um, actually read about it. But yeah, it's very interesting. Um, we couldn't make the numbers work out because in order to make the numbers work out, we'd have to um, shed Steve Smith's contract, which um, Shaq did not want because he wanted to play with Steve Smith. Um, and because of that, we just gave up on the negotiations and we signed the Kembe Matumbo instead. Who was great for us? I mean, he was Defensive Player of the Year many, many years in a row. I think three times in a row he won Defensive Player of the Year for us. So it was good. Um, but what brings in the fans is a superstar. And this is the first time, I think, since 1996 that we might have a chance of signing a superstar talent. Not an all-star. Not an all-NBA. But a superstar. And if this happens... Yeah, that would be great. I'd be really happy. So that's all I have to say. If you want to argue with me and tell me that I'm crazy <laughs> and that there's no way possible, go ahead. Uh, hit me up on social media. My Twitter is I am Jock. My Instagram is also I am Jock. That's spelled I-A-M-J-A-E-J-O-C. Make sure you follow MTMV Sports on um, your social media accounts so you can get all of the um, podcasts that we that we um, currently um, distribute. We have many teams that you can think of. Um, the Yankees, we have, you know, 
just we have MMA podcasts. We have multiple, multiple sports podcasts that you can follow. MTMV Sports. This was the Hawks on the Hardwood podcast, and I'll talk to y'all next week. I'm out.